Hey. Hey, Matt. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Hanging in there. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I actually just got back from training, and uh, it was 45 and hailing out. It was terrible coaching. Oh, my gosh. Where are you training at? Uh, over in Finland. So <laughs> beautiful weather this time of year. We had snow last week. and Yeah, I don't even know what the seasons are like there right now, but so it's pretty cold still. Yeah, uh, we get snow sometime in May and then sometime again in October, it usually snows. So, oh man, like well, a, a little bit worse than the Midwest. <laughs> That's funny because I thought I had it bad here in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, are you guys back to being able to train at all by yourselves or what? No, I mean, unfortunately, in Chicago, we're, we still have a stay at home order, so we can't leave the house. I mean, we can train individually, but we can't train with anyone else. So it's been tough. <laughs> have you have you gone for the uh, creating a TikTok like a lot of players? <laughs> um, to be honest, when the quarantine first started, I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. There's just no way like I'm not even a good dancer. I w it wouldn't be funny. But then as quarantine went on, I definitely started to like record them. But my roommate and I were like, we're not posting. So we have a bunch of TikToks and we're thinking that one day when it, we just want to create one, we'll just post them all. <laughs> just, just mass send them. Yeah. And I don't even know if that's like smart to do all at once, but like, we think it would be funny. Like everyone trick everyone, everyone thinks that we don't have one, but then bam. I like it. Yeah. We have like I, 10 videos. <laughs> I almost broke a couple times and downloaded it. And I was like, no, I can't. I have to stay strong. I will say though, it does like pass time. Cause there yeah. are definitely days where I'm like, wow, this is rough. <laughs> But um, and then you and then you start doing TikToks and what there was one day we, we did five hours of TikToking. Oh and my it, was, it was like a workout. What what's more tiring, a ninety minute soccer match or five hours of TikToking? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's tough. No, I'm just kidding. It's definitely a match, but like right now, it was definitely tiring because it's hard it's also hard to stay fit right now and be 90 minute fit so like we're like working out we're like this is embarrassing we're breathing heavy we're sweating all we're doing is dancing <laughs> <laughs> well just take that same energy to the field when you're back and you'll get you'll get fit right away then yeah i mean i hope so <laughs> i hope so i saw one guy ran he had like a small balcony and he ran back and forth on it to do a whole marathon it took him like eight hours but he did it so that's an option i mean i would rather i think i think i'd rather retire than do that <laughs> <laughs> a whole marathon on a bike? yeah yeah it looked terrible because it was only like maximum 25 feet long so it's just constant turning and five steps and turn was he going pretty fast or was he like at a steady pace it was just a steady pace I mean, you can't really pick up speed when you have to turn again so quickly. I know. I was going to say, so was he jogging or? <laughs> it, was just, it was just a nice little jog out for, out for the day. Do a yeah. marathon at home. That, that's a lot. That's, yeah. He really went for that. So some people did TikTok. Some people ran a marathon, you know, different <laughs> yeah. ways to stay busy. That's true. All right. Welcome back to another footy and coffee conversations. Are you a coffee drinker? I sure am. Is Here we go. Straight black. Ah, uh, you know, 
well, it's funny because at first I started and I was like, oh, coffee's gross. But then in college, I was like, I need something here, you know? Uh-huh. And then I started off with like the typical like Frappuccino from Starbucks like every day. And my parents were like, okay, like, you need to like not do that. <laughs> um, so then it started to be just like iced coffee with um, a packet of sugar. And now I'm just at iced coffee with a splash of cream. And then sometimes when I'm at a really good coffee shop, I can drink their cold brew black. So. Oh, wow. Look at that. Baby steps, but we're here. Yeah. My, my mom, when I first, we were at a grocery store when I was a kid and I said, I'm thirsty. And she's like, well, the only thing they have here is coffee. And I was like, Mm -hmm. can I put like sugar or something in it? And she's like, nope, you're going to learn to drink it black so that you never like are at someone's house and be like, I need two sugars. And. So I started black and never looked back. No way. I don't know how you drank that right away. Because it is like when you aren't used to it, it is kind of gross. It's not good. Like, why do people drink this? (laughs) I think I cried through the first the first cup. Yeah. Um, To get started, if you just want to introduce yourself, what position you are in the field and what club you're currently playing for. Yeah. So. I'm Danny Calprico. I play for the Chicago Red Stars. I'm a midfielder, and this is my sixth year in the NWSL. Very cool. You grew up in New Jersey. What's uh, what was the soccer scene like for you at that time? Um, what what clubs were you playing for? What were you doing at that point in your early career? Yeah, so I started playing soccer when, um, I mean, my brother started when he was younger and I always wanted to do everything that he was doing. So um, as much as I hate to admit that, but (laughs) I just wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps. So I always went out and played with him and his friends and even trained with his team. And then I'd say around five years old, I decided to join a rec team. And it's kind of a funny story. I my parents put me on a girls rec league team and it was the first time I was like, I was always playing with boys and my brother's friends. So it was the first time I was playing with like girls. And so I got on the field and we're about to do the kickoff and (laughs) the whistle blows and I'm like doing the kickoff and I just start crying and I like run off the field to my parents and I'm, and I'm screaming and I'm like, I don't want to play with girls like screaming and my parents are like oh oh who whose child is this kind of thing like get in the car um and it was just like a funny story because they always like make fun of me and you know my whole family brings it up every single time we're talking about soccer and so after that i just kind of kept playing with my brother's teams and he was three years older than me so it wasn't that big of a difference at that time because we were so young And then um, I actually wound up joining a boys travel team um, and my dad was the coach. So that was pretty cool. So I, I did the boys travel team up until high school. Um, And then at that point, I think it was to the point where, I mean, I I stopped growing and stopped getting faster and stronger (laughs) where like these boys were just like growing and like out, like outrunning me, I was just getting kind of like bodied basically. (laughs) And so my dad was like, yeah, we got to get you on a girls team also because you want to play in college and for recruiting purposes, we need to get you on a girls team. So then 
Um, I wound up playing for PDA, um, Players Development Academy. Now the first game with them, did you run off the field crying again? Or? <laughs> no, actually, I didn't. But I will say um, one of the positives of playing with or like pros about playing with the boys team is that I felt like I was like almost like a step ahead in terms of like, I guess, athleticism. And I felt strong and I kind of had that like competitive edge where like I wasn't going to get pushed off the ball. And it kind of gave me like this gritty like grittiness about me. So I'd say that was pretty cool because, I mean, I think I think some of the girls in the team were like, okay, who is this? <laughs> like, we don't do that here, but like, I guess this is good. <laughs> um, so, but I didn't cry, which is good. That's and, good. Um, improvement. What'd you say? I said that's improvement. I know, growth, right? Growth. <laughs> um, so I wound up really liking my time at PDA and I played there up until college so yeah um what was the goal when you were growing up was it just to go to college were you thinking professional what was kind of your your thoughts at that age yeah you know it's funny because i feel like a lot of professional athletes you know realize at a young age where they they want to be a professional athlete and i'd say i like truthfully didn't wasn't really thinking about being a professional athlete um until probably late like later in my college experience. And I'd say at that time, especially when I was in New Jersey, I, I knew I wanted to play in college at least. And I wanted to go to a good soccer college. So it was more so just like focusing on that. But really young, I was just playing because I was enjoying it so much. And I seriously just wanted, I don't, I really just wanted to do everything my brother was doing. And I looked up to him a lot. And it was kind of cool to have my dad as my coach at such a young age. Um, there were definitely times when it wasn't fun, but. <laughs> um, Some awkward car rides home. Oh yeah. I mean, there was one, there was one time where <laughs> I had a nighttime training and uh, during the day I begged my dad to let me go to Six Flags with a friend. And he was like, you have training tonight. So, I mean, I don't think it's a smart idea. Like you're gonna be tired. You're not gonna be ready for training. You you probably shouldn't go. And I was begging him. Like, I was like, just please let me go. I promise you, like, I will be fine at training. Like I won't, I won't walk around, I'll hydrate and all this stuff. And he's like, oh yeah, you're not gonna walk around at Six Flags. That doesn't make sense. But <laughs> so he, he wound up letting me go. Um, so I go and then on the way home, we hit so much traffic that I had to have my friend, like my friend's parents drop me at training and I wound up being late. And so like, oh, I had no. never, I had never been late to a training. I never like really been in trouble with my dad because of soccer. So I show up and I'm like sprinting over to the, to the training and they had already started. They were doing their warm up with the ball. I sprint over, I grab a ball and I think I'm just going to, you know, jump in, you know, like I'm like, oh, like he won't even notice. And slide it. He won't even notice his daughter is here, the only girl. So I, I start dribbling around and he goes, let's pause there and tells the team to pause. He goes, Danielle, come here. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> so, um, I like walk over and in front of the whole team, he goes, you think you're just gonna jump into training? Like you didn't, you weren't 20 minutes late. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then he goes, 
He goes, you know what? I think it's a good idea if you start doing laps around around the complex. He goes, I'll tell you when to stop. Oh gosh. This man made me run around the complex the whole training until <laughs> until he needed numbers for the scrimmage at the end. And then he starts yelling over, we need you now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> that did, was you, did you ride home with him in the car after? Oh, yeah, it was it was dead silent. And well, the problem was that I was so angry, but I also knew I was wrong. So like, I had nothing to say. And he had told me not to do it and I not to go and I still went, which was the problem. So I was just like, kind of like, I was like, I remember I had my like hoodie up and I was just staring out the window. <laughs> I was like, this is not fun. And I'm never going to Six Flags before training again. You get you get home and your mom's like, Hey, honey, how was training? Oh, no. Oh, yes. That's exactly what she's like. What do you guys want for dinner? And I'm like, I'm just going to go in my room. I'm good. I'm not hungry. <laughs> oh, incredible. Incredible. Um, yeah. But you had, you had a lot of success. Um, you also played for Red Bank Catholic High School, had 70 goals, 35 assists, uh, three conference tournament champions ships uh three non-public south a titles as well as gatorade new jersey player of the year um so obviously excelled uh was a very good player in high school uh what led you to deciding on virginia for university yeah so um i feel like i decided that kind of late in my um in late in high school and i feel like a lot of kids nowadays are committing so early like mm -hmm. freshman sophomore year Whereas I kind of waited a bit and um, that's actually kind of a funny story too, because I, I, I was looking at, I'd say five or six schools. Um, and the one I wanted to go to was UVA because I had known the coach, Steve Swanson um, from regional camps because I did region one ODP and I liked his style of play. I thought he was a great coach and um it was funny because he was my region one coach when we went to the boca tournament that was in florida where all the regions compete and that was the one year of odp where i didn't i didn't play <laughs> i was kind of i was on the bench and um but i still really enjoyed like his style of play and you know his values and his goals and everything he thought about the game so i still wanted to kind of play for him and i thought it was kind of a challenge to you know um play for someone that may not have saw i guess your ability like at mm -hmm. a younger age i kind of wanted to prove to him that i was good enough um yeah so like a vendetta to you in your school yeah. <laughs> um i feel like when i when i feel like when a coach or anyone kind of like doubts me it kind of fuels me and it makes me want to prove to them that I can be the player I think I can be kind of thing. So um, I really wanted to play for him. And then that was interesting because I was looking at other schools. Um, all the other schools really wanted me. And then I still wanted to go to UVA. But the problem was that Steve Swanson, the coach, was kind of just like, you know, um, I just remember his words exactly. He was like, you know, Danny, uh, no, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. But I just don't, I don't see it yet. And I just like, I, I need more. I, you need to show me more when I come to see you play. 
And so like, then I would get really nervous and oh, I'm sure. you know, it was hard. Like when I knew he was there and he would always be like, I'm going to come see you play. Like, I'm excited to see you. Um, we're super interested. We just need to see more. And every time he would come see me play, I would just like, I would not play. I would not show up and I, I wouldn't be myself. I was constantly thinking about messing up, which was never something I was afraid of. Um, so that was interesting. And then, um, luckily the assistant coach, uh, came to see me play like, and I'd say it was middle of, oh, what was it? And middle of junior year of high school. And she, I didn't know she was at the game. She just showed up and, um, I wound up playing like the game of my life. My parents and I always talk about it. I don't even, it was, I was doing stuff that I had never seen myself do before. I think I was just like playing freely. I was like, Oh, it's, this is fun. Like I was having fun, which was like the main thing that like, I feel like I, I thrive off of when I'm playing like, well, it's cause I'm having so much fun. And, um, so she came to see me play and then she reached out to the head, head coach Steve Swanson and said, Hey, like, look, we, we need to get her. Like, I just saw some things I haven't seen out of a player at that age in a long time. And then like, she was kind of my saving grace. So, um, he wound up calling me and then it worked out. And then I, I chose Virginia. I went on my visit, which was great. Um, I kind of wanted to balance academics and athletics when I was going to college. And mm -hmm. I feel like that was a great fit for that. Um, the campus was beautiful and I met some of the girls and I really, I really enjoyed my time with them and my stay with them. So that was good. And then, I mean, it was like, <laughs> it went from feeling like I remember I would come home from games just like bawling crying because I was like I'm never going to be able to go there and I want to go there so bad and I would like beg my dad to be to call him he's like I'm not calling him you need to prove to him this isn't me and I was like but dad like like putting it on him and um I think there was a phone call he made but didn't tell me <laughs> um so it wound up working out and yeah, that's kind of how I decided it wasn't a smooth cap. I, I yeah. So you have a coach who's like, I need to see more from you. Every time he comes and watches you, you get nervous and don't play free and as up to your ability. And then you're like, that's the coach I want to go play for for four years. Yeah. I don't, it's weird how my brain works. I don't know. You would think that I would just, find a coach that really wanted me and believed in me <laughs> but that's the thing I, I can't say that I can't say that Steve didn't believe in me I think he, he stuck around so long because he did believe that I had the ability he just needed to see it yeah so. yeah yeah no that's two very different things knowing yeah. that you have it but wanting to see it and then not having any faith in you yeah I mean um, for a coach to take someone on like on board when they haven't seen them perform well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, how does it go for you at Virginia? Uh, how does it start freshman year? Um, are you playing a lot at that point? What's kind of the process, the transition from high school to college? Yeah, so I'd say the transition was a bit hard for me. Um, in club days, I feel like I was a player that was very much so an attacking player. And I played on the wing and had a lot of freedom just because um, I feel like at the club level a lot of 
you know, players, especially in our in the NWSL, are one of the better players on the team, and they have a lot more freedom to, you know, do just do what they kind of want to do. And mm. I feel like I was kind of, in a sense, I wouldn't say like a lazy player. I just kind of picked and choose when I wanted to defend. <laughs> that, I think that's lazy. So I hate you. <laughs> okay fine i was lazy but you just you just worded it in a good way yeah um it's all about the wording you know exactly um um, so in club i kind of just like waited up top and you know on the flank and my and to be fair my coach was like you know just you know be our outlet you know we'll find you wide when we win it we'll find you and then you can attack and he kind of just wanted to save all my energy in a sense for attacking which i understand to a degree but it never allowed me to kind of be a player that worked on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. So I was constantly just attacking, attacking, attacking. So when I got to UVA, which is where, I mean, Steve Swanson always, you know, he made sure everyone played on both sides of the ball. It was 11 (laughs) attacking and 11 11 defending. You're like, wait, Um, what? Yeah. So like, I didn't even, it didn't even like click in my head. Like maybe I should do both, like, especially at this level. Um, so I was playing as I was playing wide. I was getting moved around kind of because I don't think he really knew where to play me yet. And um, I'll never forget. It was one of my like first games as a freshman where I got subbed in. And um, I, I feel like in club, I had a lot of freedom to dribble and go at people and maybe one or two or even three players where I would just dribble the ball. And oh, wow. I feel like at that level um, at UVA, it you it kind of didn't fly because the level was a lot better um so there was one game uh where i started to just dribble in the center of the field in a terrible spot to dribble the ball (laughs) so i started dribbling and then i wound up losing the ball and i it's so embarrassing this is so embarrassing i don't even know why i'm telling people this (laughs) you're openly just sharing this yeah yeah it's okay Clearly, I'm over it because I don't care to share it. Um, So I lost the ball, and then I just, like, started walking. Like, meanwhile, their team's, like, transitioning, going to goal, and I'm walking. And then I will never forget one of my teammates, who's actually my roommate now, Morgan Bryan, sprinted by me. And I just remember she sprinted by me and then slide tackled the girl, won the ball, and then started going the other way. And the the worst part about it is that she wins the ball. And I looked at her and I go, yeah, I'm open, I'm open. Then I like called for the ball back. And meanwhile, <laughs> she had sprinted by me, won the ball, and then I was asking for it. And she kind of like looked at me like, is this, is this a joke? <laughs> um, and so then, I mean, Steve was, he he harped on film a lot and he kind of just like he made it clear that he'll call people out in film and it's not personal it's more so he wants us to grow as players so that right after that game we had a film session the next week and he pulled up the clip on on the screen and you're like all right guys let's just watch this and like we're watching and it's crazy because i was so unaware that i didn't even think that he was gonna like call me out like I didn't even it didn't even cross my mind so I just remember he like looked at me and he was like so uh Calaprico you want to walk me through what you're thinking here and then I go oh well 
I definitely shouldn't have dribbled the ball there. Terrible, like, place to dribble the ball. Center of the field, you know, if they were to win it, they go straight to goal. And he goes, no, you know, that's not what I took away from this. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, what's up? He goes, I'm not concerned, like, about, yeah, definitely don't dribble the ball in the center of the field. What's concerning to me is that you lost the ball, then didn't even try to win the ball back. And then you proceeded to ask for the ball once your teammate won it and, and you wanted the ball back. <laughs> so then like everyone like started to giggle and I was like, I mean, I started laughing because I was like, okay, yeah, that's really bad. And like from that day, I was so embarrassed and like, um, I just, I don't know. I just turned into almost a player that defends way more than she attacks. <laughs> I mean, here I am. At, at least you learn mid. from it, though, right? the The purpose of the film is to learn and grow from it. So you definitely, you definitely learned a lesson there. Yeah, for sure, definitely learned one there. Oh man, did was the posture at the rest of the film session similar to the one in the car with your dad after coming late to practice? Oh yeah, I think I put the hood up, kind of sat in my seat, and I was like, "Okay, sorry guys." Oh. One the worst, the worst is when you make a mistake like that, and in your mind you're like, after the game you're like, oh, tomorrow I'm gonna have to relive that in film session. That's the worst you feeling. You know it's coming. You just know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's never fun. But I will say it's like good to like you know see and get coached and you know be told what's right, what's wrong. <laughs> Lose it while not tracking back. Yeah. Wrong wrong very very clear that it's wrong but clearly i didn't know when i was younger but not, but now you know um, now i know <laughs> when when uh university was professional soccer becoming the not just dream but maybe like oh this is a reality that can happen yeah i'd say um probably in my junior season uh at uva i feel like uh that's kind of when I saw that I, or I thought that I kind of had potential to play at the professional level. Um, it was definitely my, I was definitely better my junior year than my sophomore and freshman year. And um, I remember sitting down with Steve and he was basically like, Hey, like you have a, you, you have a chance to, you know, get drafted and play at the next level. Like, I think you should consider it. And I just remember hearing that from him and being like okay like and then that's kind of when i like reshifted my focus on i want to i want to enter the draft and you know i want to play at the next level like my soccer career isn't going to be over so um i'd say junior year is kind of when i you know realized that my soccer career was gonna will hopefully go on yeah and you you had a lot of success again at virginia um you are the at the time was record holder and assists with 44 um 19 goals i think 100 appearances for virginia and acc midfielder of the year your senior year as well as other um honors you guys had success the first college cup final as well you made it to uh what was that like kind of you know being a part of so many uh, successful things on the field and growing what the university, um, you know, it's, it's history, kind of its legacy. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a cool 
experience to be a part of. I feel like, um, I know this is like pretty cliche to say, but I, I don't think I would gotten all those accolades or, you know, we wouldn't have made, obviously made it to the final four or even the championship senior year, like without the whole team. I feel like there was like so many other great players at UVA at the time when we were there and everyone kind of, you know, wanted to work towards the same goal. And, you know, the chemistry was good on and off the field that it almost made it easy for, you know, everyone to be at their best. So there was never a time where I would step on the field and not feel like I could trust my teammates to have my back or, you know, to work hard or anything. I feel like I always just knew that they were going to be there. So it allowed me to, you know, be to play freely and, you know, be myself and be creative on the ball and knowing that if I were to, you know, give the ball away or mess up or anything that they would be right there behind me. And, you know, we would get through, you know, the hardships together. So I feel like I definitely, and also I, I was playing a winger, so I feel like, and I took the corner kick. So I feel like assisting all those goals, like the goals wouldn't have happened if someone wasn't on the other end of the ball. So right. um, everyone's like, oh, that's so like crazy. You had so many assists, but at the same time, I was playing with great like goal scorers. And, you know, that was also the special thing that you don't find often is that everyone on the field can score goals. There were definitely games where we had four or five different players score goals. And um, you don't see that as often where nowadays, especially um, I'd say in our league is you always have that one or two players, you know, that mm -hmm. finish all, all your goals. So it's hard to, you know, be creative and find different ways to score. Whereas when I was at UVA, I knew that if I put my head down, went 1v1, beat a defender and looked up to cross the ball, there were going to be multiple runs in the box. Um, and yeah, multiple runs in the box and someone there that's going to finish the ball. So I'd say like that was definitely the key to all of my success at UVA. Yeah, I was looking at the roster and you guys had quite a quite a stacked squad some of those years. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, we definitely did. Yeah, so then you get drafted, the ninth pick. You have to leave the, the East Coast, head to Chicago. Um, what, what's the experience like getting drafted uh, finally, you know, kind of realizing a big dream, I'm sure, of becoming a professional athlete? Yeah, it's definitely um, – it was definitely a cool experience. I'd say uh, – Leading up to the draft, I didn't really know where I was going to wind up. I had done, I had trained with Sky Blue in the summers in between college seasons. So um, in my head, I kind of just always had my sights on, you know, hopefully playing at Sky Blue and playing at home. So that was kind of my thought process going into it. And I knew the coach really liked me and wanted to draft me. Um, and then I'd say a couple days prior to the draft, I got a phone call from Rory Dames from the Chicago Red Stars. Um, and he basically was like, Hey, like, what do you think about coming to Chicago? And I was like, Oh, gosh. <laughs> so like, at first, it kind of put me in a panic. I was like, Oh, wait, I have to leave home. Like, this is going to be weird. I don't I don't know going to a big city. Um, so at first, I, was I like, hope your answer was like, Honestly, um, I'm a little bit, you know, not interested because you want me. I play for coaches who don't want me more. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's funny because I'll tell you what Rory said uh, once I got drafted at the draft. So then he like he calls me and of course like I want to keep my options open. I would never tell a coach I don't want to go. Like I think you know wherever I wound up, I wanted to make the most of it mm -hmm. wherever it was. And so I told him I was like, yeah, I mean. Chicago sounds like a great city. I'd love to be a part of the team uh, and told him that I would be happy to join Chicago. So then we got to the draft and obviously I'm a little nervous still. <laughs> and I just hear my name called by Chicago Red Stars and I'm like, wow, like this is actually happening. Like I'm not going home. I'm not going to get to play in front of my family. Um, I'm moving to a big city. This is a little, this is crazy. I've never really done something like this. So and then this is the funny part. I, I'm walking up to the stage to give a speech, like after I got drafted and Rory, the head coach walks up to me and he goes, and my club coach in at PDA was, his name was Mike. And so Rory walks up to me and he like, <laughs> he whispers, Mike better be right. And then I, <laughs> I was like, so then now I have to go on the stage and give a speech and I'm like I th and at this point I don't really know what his like oh, personality is like I don't know if he's being obviously he's being sarcastic but I don't know like is he like kind of is there a little truth to that like is that's what he's actually thinking I have no idea so I'm like giving my speech and I'm like oh this is gonna be wonderful <laughs> um so I mean, it turned out to go really well. And then like I got drafted and then I walked up the stage and I was like, I looked at him and I was like, did I, didn't you need to say that? And then I was like telling my dad, I was like, he told me this one before the speech. And like my dad was laughing and it was funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it turned out, I, I love my time in Chicago and I'm so happy it worked out the way it did because um, I couldn't imagine playing for any other club, at least not at this point in my life. Yeah, you, you head to Chicago um then you decide to star in an episode of chicago red stars cribs rookie edition um that <laughs> that is just some incredible content if anyone's bored to look that up on youtube oh gosh i honestly i forgot about that until you just mentioned it that was oh i remember they asked us to do that and i was like i don't think you want to know what goes on in this apartment it was gold. Oh yeah, that was fun. Good, good times with that. I'm, I'm wondering if you guys are gonna uh, remake it, kind of a, a veteran cribs edition now. You know, started from the bottom. That's a really good idea. I should suggest that. That's good. I, I'd be curious to see it. You know, see what's changed. As do you still have all the boxes that you're saving in the closet? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'd say, you know, it's a lot cleaner, a lot nicer, you know, yeah. Step I'm up. kind of embarrassed. I hope no one goes to watch that. <laughs> Just so uh, everyone knows, I was fresh out of college and didn't know what I was doing still, so. Yeah, it was a, it was a finding yourself time. Yes, 100%. Uh, then you obviously, you do well your rookie season. You win NWSL Rookie of the Year. You steal it from a guest we had on the show before. Oh, did you what? guys talk about that? No, just that she was a finalist for it, but yeah. didn't want to bring up any hard feelings. 
Um, no, 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 but never. you obviously did well to win rookie of the year. Um, so you, you started, you were playing well. Um, what's the experience like, you know, you go from, I always think it's uh, interesting. You go from university, you're the oldest player on the team. You've been at that team for, you know, four years, you have experience, you're the veteran. And then you go into not just a new team, but now you're a rookie. You're trying to prove yourself while also now it's a business and you're essentially trying to take somebody else's job and, you know, force them out of the team. So what, what is that like coming in as a rookie? Yeah. I mean, I think it was definitely a little bit scary where I was going into a team where I didn't know if I was going to see the field or let alone, like, was I even going to make the team? And I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but it turned out that when I got there, uh, all the girls were su super welcoming and, you know, the coach was great and he, you know, instilled a lot of confidence, I'd say, in me when I, you know, went through my rookie season. I feel like he kind of gave me the freedom to, you know, play how I want to play and do the things that I want to do. And um, I think that's like the most important thing that, you know, led me to get rookie of the year it's hard to play for a coach when, you know, he puts restrictions on you or, you know, doesn't let you do certain things. But I think that Rory believed in me a lot and he thought I was a good player. So he allowed me to, you know, have a lot of freedom on the field. And, you know, that's what I kind of needed to be at my best. And, you know, if I lost the ball or gave the ball away, obviously he'd get on me, but I always kind of knew that he believed that I would, you know, recover from that and, you know, you know, not make that same mistake again. And I learned from it. So it was good to have a coach that, you know, allowed me to have a lot of freedom. Absolutely. Uh, you have a lot of success at Red Stars throughout your career. You've been NWSL second 11, 2015, 16, 17. Uh, another change, I believe, was you kind of switch from only hip hop to also bring some country music into your lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> is that is that true? Is that is that a truthful statement? Yeah, I mean definitely. There in college I only listened to rap like hardcore rap. Like if my parents only knew what I was listening to is probably they'd be like, Who is our daughter? I don't think we know her. <laughs> um, so it was like hardcore rap and hip hop only. And then that's kind of what like got me going for like training and games. Um, whereas um, at, when I was in Chicago, I obviously started listening to hip hop and rap. And I feel like a lot of the girls in the team preferred like country or like, I don't know, just like something that's not so intense. <laughs> and so I actually wound up really enjoying listening to, you know, country music and slower paced music to help me get ready for training and games. And I'd say now that I listen to way more country than I do hip-hop and rap and it's kind of like it's like kind of like whoa is this what i was listening to in college it's kind of i don't know if this is okay <laughs> but um yeah definitely made a switch there for sure i i went to one of my favorite concerts of all time at uh wrigleyville i went to a zach brown concert and that was incredible so i love zach brown that's cool so so good of music uh what's your go-to song right now um, I feel like there's a few. Um, I'm, I'm really into like Sam Hunt. Uh, I like love all of his music. And I'd say, uh, 
I, I honestly say every Sam Hunt song. Okay, but, Sam Hunt. Yes, and I, I really wish there was going to be a concert in Chicago, Sam Hunt, and I'm just like, I don't even know if concerts are going to happen now. Yeah, <laughs> that on? might be a while. <laughs> yeah, but I'd say anything Sam Hunt, Zach Brown Band, um, Thomas Rhett. Like, there you go. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so you you playing in Chicago uh, for the Red Stars during the off seasons. Uh, some people go home. Some people train at home. You decide to head to Australia to play in the, the women's league there. What's, what's that experience like? You're traveling. You're now not just going from the East Coast to the Midwest. Now you're traveling halfway across the world. Is that difficult uh, transition? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different. I feel like the league there is, um, it's a lot shorter and uh, a lot more laid back in the sense that they don't train every day. It's only, I'd say, three trainings a week and then games on the weekend. So it was kind of nice to be able to, you know, keep playing and be with training with a team and getting games in in the off season because, I mean, when I first went to Australia, our off season with the NWSL was five months. And there's only so much you can do when you're on your own training or even with a couple other girls and nothing really, you know, gets you ready for a 90 minute game and be ready for preseason outside playing in games. Um, so I thought it just made sense for me to go overseas and play for a little. And um, I wound up loving my time in Adelaide. And um, so I went back the following year to play again in Adelaide. And I love my time. Um, I think our team struggled a bit, but uh, we had a lot of younger players, which made it difficult for, you know, us to win games and, mm -hmm. you know, lack of experience showed and stuff like that. So that was hard because I hadn't been on a team um, my whole career where we were losing, I think, every game. <laughs> it's it's mentally exhausting to be yeah, on a so team like I that. Remember there, was, there was definitely one time when I was in Adelaide and I just remember I broke down and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I think I need to leave because you don't realize how hard it is to just be on a team that is consistently losing and also be on a team where sometimes you have players that are giving up and it's never a good vibe to be around when, even if we were losing every game, I don't want to be surrounded by players that are kind of giving up. And mm -hmm. I feel like I sense that. So it was definitely difficult in that regard. Um, and then two, two years ago, I wound up, you know, making the switch and playing for Sydney. And I mean, that was just an amazing experience. A little I feel more like. winning. <laughs> yeah, a lot more winning. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was good that I made the switch. I love Sydney. Um, it is a huge city, so um, definitely a lot of traffic, but um, outside that, I feel like the training sessions were a lot better. I was, I felt way more prepared, um, going into the next NWSL season than I did in Adelaide. So that was good. And obviously we won the W league championship in Sydney that year. So that was really cool. Cause I hadn't, believe it or not, I hadn't won a championship before that. Cause in, at UVA, we lost senior year in the national championship. So it was it was good to have that feeling. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, get a, a good experience to find. I was like, "Where's the confetti? I'm ready." <laughs> Everyone's like, "The confetti." I'm like, "Come on, I haven't done this yet." <laughs> I don't know how how to do this. Yeah, what? That was that's funny. I literally I remember looking at Sofia Huerta, 
because she was on the team. And I look at her, I go, I don't know how to respond. What do we do? <laughs> and she was like, I don't know. Grab the grab the trophy. We'll take a picture. I was like, oh gosh. I'm like, are we supposed to kiss the sides of it? Is that what you do? <laughs> I feel like you guys should not be allowed to be together. It's dangerous. No. no. <laughs> um. So. Now talking, I want to get into your experience with the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, I think, to me, it's it's just a very uh, unique situation. Maybe I could say. Um, usually, when someone gets invited into the national team, they get you know a training camp. Maybe they get a couple appearances, and then either it it takes off from there, or they're kind of they never get another shot at it. Uh, you have gotten some call-ups and then some longer gaps in between it. Uh, what, what has that been like first and foremost, obviously getting, getting capped with the U S national team. Um, I mean, that's the ultimate dream of any soccer players to represent their country and wear their crest on their chest. What is that first experience like? And then how is it mentally with the kind of gaps between the call-ups? Yeah. I mean, after my rookie season was my first call up and I think, you know, at that point I'm still young and, you know, I don't really, I hadn't experienced a national team camp at that point. So um, I really didn't know what to expect going in. And I think I was more just excited and like happy to be there kind of thing. Whereas as time went on and like a couple years ago when I got called in after or during my time at Sydney, it was more like, I need to put my head down and go to work and get and get stuff done. And, you know, this is something I, I want to be a part of and I want to play for my country. So I need to earn the spot. Whereas it wasn't so much like I just I'm just happy to be here. Like, this is great. Like, cool. Um, so it was definitely it's definitely a mental battle when, you know, you're called in and then you're not called in and then you're called back and then you're not called back. And it's hard because I feel like um, this, like the seasons in the NWSL, I feel like I was very deserving of getting called in. And it's tough when you're putting, you know, you're brought into this camp where it's all the best players in the world and the level just jumps by, I mean, a lot, like a lot. Right. So where you're no longer one of the better players on your team, everyone's just very good. And, you know, it's like, the intensity is way higher. Everyone's way more serious. This is, you know, they mean business there. So I think that was the hardest thing for me to transition to where I felt at Chicago, I had a lot of confidence. I, I was playing freely. I was having fun. And I kind of like, you know, strayed away from those values I had. And, you know, kind of just like kid wasn't myself, just kind of to want to blend in where that wasn't going to get me anywhere. So I feel like when I went back the last time I got called in Sydney, I really focused on not trying to just blend in and, you know, doing the things I do on the field and making sure I'm showing them the, you know, qualities I have. And um, I wound up playing like the best camp I had. Um, I want to say, and that's when I, yeah, the camp where I got my first national team cap, it was the, you know, that camp, I thought I played the best I had in any camp. So um, it was good to have that feeling where I knew I could, you know, hang with the, hang with the team kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
And I feel like a lot of people always ask me, like, what was your thought? Like, were you nervous for your first cap? Did you know you were going to play kind of thing? And I just remember having a, a talk with the coach being like, be ready. Like, we want to put you in the game kind of thing. And I feel like just having that, like, good camp leading up to that day of the game allowed me to have confidence in myself and know that I, you know, you know, the girls believe me, the coach believed in me the coach believed in me and I just need to you know go out there and have fun and enjoy the experience so um it turned out that at halftime of the first match of that camp uh I was put in um as a six which is where I play and I just like all of my any nerve I had just like went away and I was like just happy I was so excited and like happy that this moment had come and I was just, you know, I was like ready at that point, yeah. um, which is a really good feeling. And um, I just remember talking to the coach after the game and she was like, it seems like you've been here the whole time. And I'm like, oh gosh, well, th that's kind of funny because I've been called in then not called in then called in. <laughs> so, and then I just like laugh, but um, yeah, so that was really good. And then unfortunately, like a couple camps later, right leading up to the world cup I the first day of one of the camps I strained my groin which was kind of like super devastating because I feel like at that point I was comfortable and you know happy at where I was at playing and for something like that to happen like so randomly and I just didn't obviously didn't even see it coming and it was it was kind of just like a spur of the moment thing where I reached for a ball and just strained my groin and I immediately was like really yeah <laughs> come on <laughs> no i'm sure i'm sure so frustrating because um i mean i know you were even on like lists of you know potential kind of dark horse candidates to make the world cup roster and everything like that and so to have a an injury derail that dream at that point is is pretty upsetting especially over just reaching for a ball it's like are you serious exactly i was like it couldn't be something cool like i was like you know sliding and like scored and then something happened yeah something worthwhile and it was like i just like reached for the ball and then i just stopped running and i was like oh so something happened there do i walk off like what happens <laughs> like what do i do now was it was it uh mentally challenging at that time uh to to go through that how did you kind of refocus um and continue to you know because i think when it's the i i don't know maybe it's like a it's almost like a middle school relationship on again off again type thing um how do you keep motivated and working towards that dream when it's not like a guarantee that it is maybe it will maybe it won't type of thing yeah um it's interesting because I feel like right when it happened, I obviously was like, oh, this sucks. But I kind of like had like a positive attitude about it and knew that I would come back from the injury. I think every every month we got closer to the World Cup where I was still struggling with my groin. Obviously, I was more and more devastated about what had happened. And it was getting harder for me to, you know, get past it and move on. And um that was definitely the toughest bit i'd say when i was going through it though it's it's a weird thing where when you're going through something you don't really realize how stressed out you might be or how worried you are until you're out of it if that makes sense mm -hmm. so like i remember being in in 
those months and being like, it's fine. Like, I'm going to get back. I, I still got a chance to make the team kind of attitude. And then like, as the year went on, I feel like looking back, I was like, wow, like I was so stressed out. I was, I was not myself. I was always worried about my groin and trying to rush back. And, you know, it, it's hard to realize that when you're in the moment. And I definitely have the type of personality that's like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. And then I look back and I'm like, I was not fine. I was not okay. <laughs> I was not okay. Maybe you should have saw someone. So, um, but I mean, what I will say is that going through all those mental hardships and stuff allowed me to grow to where I, and be the person I am today. Um, and just like kind of relax and know that, you know, injuries happen. Um, they're going to happen, especially as your career goes on. And I feel like you'll, you'll always overcome them if you really believe that. So um, just experiencing those things allowed me to be a lot stronger now because I feel like, I mean, I'm still nursing uh, an ankle injury a little bit. And I mean, I ha feel a lot better about myself right now than I have in the past when I've gone through injuries. So um, it's pretty like cool to see like the growth in, um, those types of things. Whereas like, even as like a, a person off the field, mm -hmm. I feel like you grow a lot um, when you go through stuff like that, which is the other thing that I've tried to like focus on is that when you're going through something hard, I feel like you need to realize that you're going to, you're going to learn from this experience. You're going to grow. It's, you know, it's all part of the plan and um, you shouldn't dwell on those experiences and, you know, just do all the things you can do to control what you can control. A very mature perspective. I like Ooh, it. Thanks. I like so, it. So you think I'm mature? <laughs> I can see. I can see growth in your in your story arc. I'm not. I'm not really sure what uh, my first year, Danny would have said. <laughs> but but look at you now. Um, yeah. Speaking of younger you, uh, obviously you're not you're not old in your career, but you're also not a rookie. Um, what advice if you could go back to you know 15 year old self what what would be the biggest advice that you would give yourself in terms of of soccer if, um the biggest advice i'd say i'd say the biggest advice i'd give myself a younger self and um yeah my younger self would just be that you're the only like person who can you can count on to believe in yourself all the time you're the only constant and I feel like you know going through my years at my soccer career I feel like I always kind of relied on other people to instill confidence in me whether it was my coaches or you know friends or teammates or whatever it is but I feel like now I'm in a position where I know that the only person I can rely on to you know give myself confidence and truly believe in myself is myself. And um, knowing that is like such a powerful thing because I feel like there's a lot of times where players are looking for their coach. And obviously mm -hmm. it's nice to have a coach that believes in you and right. gives you confidence and stuff. But at the same time, you're not always gonna have coaches or even teammates that do believe, on, believe in you. And, you know, sometimes they're not going to be on your side or they're not going to, you know, want to play you or whatever it is. And I feel like just knowing that you yourself is 
your only constant all the time and believing that is so powerful. 100%. 100%. No, I agree. I agree. And it is interesting. Um, I think for me, when I was a younger player, I was always looking for like the coach to say good game or whatever after it and needing that. And sometimes like now as a coach, I'm like, oh, I forgot to tell that guy good game. I, not that I didn't think he had a good game, but it's like, you know, you're busy with something else in that moment after the game. So then you text him after or whatever. But it's like, if you as a player live and die by a coach's or a teammate's standard, it's like, maybe, maybe they even did think you played well, but they just didn't tell you that time. And then you're going home all uh, the world's yeah, ending. Sure. So I like that, that self-belief. Um, what, what is your, your why? What motivates you? What's your passion for playing soccer after all these years? Um, I'd say definitely my parents and my brother. I feel like growing up, watching my parents go to work every day and they're such hard workers um and you know they really believe in what they do and stuff like that i feel like kind of kind of put that in my perspective and i just you know i just want to work hard and you know be the best that i can be every day in and out on the field and even as a person because i feel like growing up that that's something that they always did and um same with my brother i mean i told you before that i was i grew up playing with him and i always wanted to do everything he did and i feel like he's such a hard worker you know he's driven mm -hmm. you know he wants to be the best version of himself that he can be um and i feel like that kind of you know i love that about them and that's something i want to do and i want to be and i want to you know work hard every day and i want to you know be the best version of myself i can be um and stuff like that. So I feel like I'd say my parents and my brother. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking time to share your story. Uh, it's been entertaining. Uh, if, <laughs> if, again, everyone, if you have time, go back and type in Cribs Rookie Edition for a little throwback fun. And Maybe. Be, on the look, be on the lookout for a veteran one. Be on the lookout for a veteran one and possibly just an explosion of TikTok videos in the oh future. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but I appreciate you taking time to share your story and uh, your – it's been fun to see your, your growth mentally through your experiences yes. in the game. Of course. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye.